Hello and welcome to the Brady Bros Boston Sports Podcast, where we cover everything in the Boston sports world. My name is James Brady, and alongside me is my brother Nicholas. Say hello. Hello, everybody. Today is Wednesday, December 4th, and this is episode 37. Finally, Lord knows we didn't think we were going to make it here after, uh, well, you heard all about that. Just know that I'm back. We got past dreaded episode 36. God forbid this show gets to 136. I say we just skip that one and go right to 137. But that is way too far in the future. Uh, Let's kick it off with the Red Sox, James. All right. So things have actually happened with the Red Sox, which is kind of incredible. Uh, A week, literally, well, I guess a week after me saying uh, you guys didn't hear this. But I was like, yeah, no no moves will happen until the new year, probably. Yeah, no, I I kind of echoed that, too, which is, uh, well, it's a bad look, but that's what this show is full of. So the Sox trade Sandy Leone to the Indians in exchange for, and this is once again, speaking of bad looks, this pronunciation, uh, Adenius Bautista. That was the closest I can get to it. Uh, so Sandy Leone is gone. I'm pretty, I'm kind of sad about that, but I can't say I'm like overly shocked that this happened with the amount that Christian Vasquez played last season. I kind of figured they were edging Sandy Leone out of the picture. Uh, if you want to take the next bit here, the next kind of. Well, just to add on to the, to the Sandy Leone bit, uh, we really saw Christian Vasquez emerge as a big part of the offense as well last year for the Red Sox. And I think that could have, uh, been what added added to this um you know trading him away but yes we can continue on here because um just yesterday the red sox non-tenured marco hernandez and joss osic osic uh which made them free agents and 24 hours later earlier today they re-signed them both to one-year deals the uh amount to which i do not know yeah, the but article that I read didn't say anything about the. They will both be back. That's great. Marco Hernandez uh, provides, you know, some speed on the base pass and uh, some some decent defense. He is one of the younger guys. We didn't see him as much. It's for Joss Oshich. I don't even know who that is. Uh, was he in the minor leagues? I have never heard of this man, so I could not tell you. All right. Well, he was on the team. <laughs> Apparently, but this like I feel like this just goes to show how little I know about like the finer details of baseball i'm like oh they got non-tendered so i'm like looking that up i'm like okay it means they're not going to offer them a contract like all right so they're a free free agent now and then they immediately turn around and sign a deal with the red sox like i don't get what the point of non-tendering them was if you're just going to write like sign them to a contract the next day I my don't only know, guess like, is what it that had something means. to do with extension and maybe they wanted more than like a year to i don't know i agree with you baseball free agency is crazy yeah, with arbitration, I mean, it's it's a wild thing that I barely understand, like, the basic workings, too, so I won't even try to get into it. But Marco Hernandez and Josh are back for next season. Just skip the last name. Look, nope, make me look not bad. Even, yeah, no, I won't even try. All right, we will keep on rolling here. That pretty much covers it for the Red Sox. Uh, I'll say it again, just in the hopes that I'm wrong, we have something to talk about next week. Uh, I don't think anything major is going to go down. No, I, I once again agree with for, you. There. For a month or so. So prove me wrong. Give us something to talk about. Uh, we'll keep on moving here into the Celtics, who are still still chugging along, sitting at 14-5. and five. Uh, We've dropped out of that number one spot in the NBA, number one spot in the East. We're currently behind Milwaukee, Miami, and Toronto. 
Uh, I know this is supposed to be primarily Boston. I just want to touch on Miami because how how are they as good as they are this year? I have no clue. I literally was speaking to someone earlier today, like, "Hey, how about Miami doing well in the in the East this year?" And I had to stop and look it up because I just kind of assumed they were at the bottom of the league and not in second place in the East. Yeah, I'm gonna look up their roster real quick if you want to. I mean, I know moving. Jimmy Butler's there, but I don't think he. Makes that's it. the only person I know, and that's the problem. Uh, you know, Kelly Olenek. Kelly Olenek is also there. Big, oh, big that's, playmaker. That's why. Yeah, there it is. Great that, playmaker. That solves it. All right. Yeah, speaking of some real don't... playmakers, <laughs> uh, Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown are—they are looking really good. That's the—that's really the only way to put it. Jason Tatum, especially. And I have in this next point here, they're so young. Jason Tatum is, first of all, younger than you, I want to point out. Not yeah, to what am I doing old, with my life? But he is 21 years old, and he's playing some of the best basketball of his career so far. And it, it's crazy because his career's been so Three good years, so two far. And a half and years. Two and a half years that he has a lot to show for. And then you have Jalen Brown, a guy who we discussed at length. <laughs> in the season last year he, t- he took up a lot of uh listening time for yeah you, so he took up a, a whole bunch of the celtic segment but i mean he's really he's really doing a lot this year he's creating a lot of scoring opportunities he's a much more consistent scorer i would say granted this all goes without me basically watching any celtics basketball so all of this is just me looking at a stat sheet and drawing conclusions so i might be wrong and i accept that but also, going back to youth, Kemba Walker, who I would almost consider like the leader of this team, the superstar that we brought in, he's 29 years old. He's still, I would say, relatively young. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, some of the elite point guards, I, I, I couldn't tell you ages, but Kyrie's got to be over 30. Uh, Russell Westbrook, I believe, is over 30 as well. Uh, I, mean, I know Steph Chris Curry's over 30. Always an elite I, my question, I guess, would be who are the who are the under who's who's younger and doing stuff that that Kemba is kind of thing. I mean, I would say Luka Doncic, but I don't want to get into that. I have some harsh stances on stances on Luka Doncic. That okay, well, 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 whatever. Uh, just uh, to be thorough here, I'm I'm looking at current uh, current contracts for the Celtics. Uh, so we've got Jalen Brown for the next uh, through 2023, I believe. Because he signed a four-year extension. Oh, we did uh, talk about that earlier. Literally, gave him a lot of money for that a month ago. One hundred seven million dollars. Jeez, over four years. Jason Tatum. See, these are the things I I, I don't understand. It's the player option. So I believe that means he can opt out of his exercise contract. player option. Twenty nineteen. So that's already passed. Uh. This year and next year are team options, whatever that means. But it looks like we've got him uh, for probably the next two years, assuming nothing happens. Another guy that is injured right now, and you didn't put in this list, and you should have, Marcus Smart, oh. making an early bid for Defensive Player of the Year. Just looking so incredible on defense. And I think his shooting has really improved since last year. Again, I could throw some stats at you, and I really can't confirm this having not watched many games, but just from the highlights and the plays that I've seen, uh, we've got him locked up for the next two years. Gordon Hayward next two years. Kemba Walker signed a four-year deal this year. Uh, so we we are looking good for the next two years at least. Yeah, and I think this is where like we need to see the team come together and make a run because 
I think a lot of these players, uh, I hope they come back. I hope they come back to Boston because this team's really exciting, and I, I'm very excited about basketball moving forward. And hope that I can catch a little bit more of it with some downtime coming up in my life. But also, I like. I think that these players have the opportunity to get paid massive amounts of money, and I would not blame them in the slightest for pursuing that. Jason Tatum, if he continues anywhere near this this caliber of play, pardon me, let me move closer to my mic here. It's probably a little far away there. But if he continues any sort of this play anywhere near this level, he's looking, he's going he's gonna to get paid. He's going to get paid. Not that he isn't already getting paid with $10 million a year, but he's going to get paid even more. Yeah. And I, once again, it, I, it comes back to like what I, I believe I've said about Mookie Betts. Like, I would love to have him on the team, but he also has completely earned the right to go and earn the most amount of money he can because he deserves it as a player. And I believe I feel the same way about these players that I'm really glad that we have him in Boston right now. And I will obviously be upset if they leave, but I understand them getting paid for what their talent is because right now it's worth a whole lot of money that, I mean, maybe they feel like they're not getting, but I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, I in, in I believe if, if these guys leave, uh, maybe maybe Kemba aside because he's he's newer to the team. But if Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown leave, and Mar- let's throw Marcus Smart in that discussion as well. I believe he's 26, just because we were talking about ages, so I can confirm that real quick. But if if any of these guys leave, it's going to be because they want to. I think the team will be happy to have them. Boston will definitely be happy to have them back. Uh, I think it'll be of their own accord kind of thing. They won't get traded, that type of thing. I don't see that happening in the future. And Marcus Smart is 25, by the way. Jeez, so yeah. throw so him in that discussion that young as well. Core. I feel like we got to keep that young core together. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll know what these guys are made of come the end of the season, seeing as we're, where we finished. Hopefully we're hanging something else in the rafters, uh, the TD Garden. Speaking of the TD Garden, should we use And hanging stuff in the rafters. To transition... <laughs> To the give Boston, him, give him the cup now, boys. Bruins. And man, I should say that. Knock on wood. Is it really exciting to watch this this hockey team? I mean, this is basically all the time that I could be spending doing more research on the Celtics and watching some Celtics games. I've been spending watching Bruins games, and they are really, really, really fun to watch. I mean, they've now won eight straight. Still, only have three regulation losses this season. Uh, last night, Halak recording a shutout in, against the Hurricanes in his 500th career game. The Bruins scored two in literally a minute and eight seconds. It was first two periods, nothing, nothing, nothing. The Late Bruins, in the third, right? Yeah, Bruins looked to be on the defensive, and then the third period in literally a minute and eight seconds is a 2-0 game. And There's, it's just so fun. There, I saw something today. They are off to – so they've reached 20 wins in – 28 games this season i believe uh and it's the first time or not the first time pardon me it's the eighth time in franchise history they have like reached 20 wins before x amount of games in the season i forget what it was i think maybe it was 28 so yeah they've played 28 games now sitting at 23 and 5 but i mean you're also talking about the eighth time in the history of a fran or of a team that has been around since the beginning of the nhl Oh, yeah. They've had how many years to do this, and they've done it eight times. I mean, you're looking at a special, special group. 
and David Pasternak reaches, I believe it was 25 goals. I forget what the time mark on it was, but like the last player to reach that mark by whatever point in the season or whatever game in the season was Phil Esposito in like the 70s or 80s. So it has been a long time since someone's done what Pasternak is doing this season. Yeah, still leading the league in goals with 25. Uh, he's five ahead of Ovechkin. Uh, he's sitting back a couple spots in points. Marshawn's third in points. Pasternak's fourth in points for the league. Uh, and then, I mean, we, we could talk about the goaltending all day, and we've already done that, but that duo is still just incredible. And Joe, they, they're showing no signs of slowing down. No, and it's incredible. I mean... I know we talked about it before, and obviously you guys haven't heard it because that episode never got uploaded. <laughs> but I just think the dominance that you see in both Tuka Rask and Yaro Halak, it's incredible that I feel the same about, I mean, whatever you consider our first and second goalie. I, I consider them as equals at this point because we rotate them so often. But I don't think you have another duo in net like that anywhere else in the NHL where I have full confidence heading into whatever game I feel like whoever's in net is going to do a good job. They have that opportunity to do a good job. And you know what? Sometimes you have really good nights and sometimes you have off nights, but I have the utmost confidence in this goaltending duo that they can they can stop any team in this league right now. Yeah, and I mean, they're, they're doing on an almost zero rest. So uh, rewind back to last week, the 26th of no- November, that was a Tuesday, that was the huge blowout win against the Montreal Canadiens, 8-1. Day later, beat the Ottawa Senators, 2-1. Both away games, by the way. One day of rest. Next day, beat the Rangers in OT. Next day, beat the Canadiens again. Day of rest, on to Carolina. So they're, they're doing it on on minimal rest. And I, Carolina, one of the best teams in the league. Uh, Canadians aren't doing so. Oh, no, the Canadians are a good team, too. Are they? They're, they're around. They're around middle of the pack. Oh well, we just make them look foolish. That's why. Yep, middle of the pack. Carolina's fifth in the East. Um, who did I say? Ottawa. I don't think Ottawa's very no, Ottawa good. Ottawa's very bad. Uh, but I no, mean, Ottawa's I, down I, there. If I can sum up, like what you're saying here is that it's not like we're just beating on trash teams. Like we are beating good competition. In good this- competition and on. minimal rest for the strain that hockey i'm sure takes on your body yeah and speaking of strain hockey puts on your body david back is just coming back from uh, an upper body head kind of injury i'm not 100 sure what it was it was classified as an upper body injury after that hit he had against one of the ottawa players that was a really scary time you know it's play was stopped for 15 minutes as they stretchered this guy off and he didn't move for most of it so that was one of the scarier things that's that's ever happened in a hockey game I've watched, but he went out that game and has been out pretty much since then, just coming back, I believe, two nights ago to score the game winner against the, was it the Canadians? Two nights ago was the Canadians, yes. yes. Hold so on, I, lo- with, I lost the schedule here. No, I got it. And yeah, it was it's the Canadians. He comes back and uh, Bruins managed to tie it up 1-1 in the, in the third, and then David Backus nets the game, like the go-ahead game-winning, what ended up being the game-winning goal on, in his first night back. And I mean, not skipping a beat, he's had a couple of good scoring chances since then. Really good to see him back, a guy that's just struggled with injury for a long time. But glad to have him back. Hopefully goes well through the rest of the season. A really big piece to have on this team, I believe. 
And also, I know that P- Patrice Bergeron has been out for a couple of games. I couldn't tell you why, because I didn't do the research until now. So if you want to take it away for a minute, and I can kind of get an update here. Yeah, I, I mean, you said it so... I mean, I don't really have anything to add on top of uh, Bacchus. Like you, know, like you said, Bacchus comes back. Uh, there, that's that's catchy. Yeah. And they've they've still got some tests ahead of them. We mentioned this. Uh, you you mentioned it in the solo episode, and we mentioned it when the recording failed or whatever. You know, some good teams coming up. We got uh, we got Chicago coming up, Carolina or Colorado. Pardon me, Colorado Avalanche. Um, actually, Chicago, not a great team. My apologies. Sitting pretty much at the bottom of the West. But, uh, you know, the Colorado Avalanche, I believe they were the ones to hand us our first loss of the year back in what must have been uh, September. No way. That would have been November. Yeah, November, yes. Sorry, early November. Or maybe it was October. I don't know when the NHL season started. You might be right. Early October. Early October. We are butchering this. Yep, no, we don't don't know what sports are. We'll be honest. (laughs) What's wrong with Bergeron? (laughs) Okay, so Bergeron has a lower body injury, uh, and he missed his sixth straight game last night. Because last night was Tuesday. Yeah, it was. Okay, this is just, this segment is really falling apart. Uh, So he has a lower body injury. He has been out for a couple of games. Hopefully... He's gone from not ready to return to unable to play. I don't really know if that's a different. I like to think that it's meaning he's getting closer to a return. Some sort of step up. But at the same time, if you think about it, he's been out six games and we've won eight straight. So I'm not saying that he isn't important to this team, but we can win without him. And we're just going to get better when he comes back because he's that he's just that good of a player, too. He just adds so much to this top line that is it just looks incredible right now between Pasternak Marshan and Bergeron. I mean, those who's, are the. Do you know? Do you happen to know who's filling in? I know uh, Bruce Cassidy has done a couple of different looks, but do you know who the main fill in there is for? I believe for David Krejci has taken. A yeah, that sounds. That sounds correct. Step uh, in filling in that role. Uh, I I can't give you the exact for every single one, but I I believe that is who's been doing the most of uh, the replacement in that position. Yeah, and. I think this is something we we definitely saw in the playoffs last year with this um, with you know our number one line they they took kind of a dip there in the middle of the playoffs. Uh, this is something Bruce Cassidy is not afraid to do is is mix up the lines. These guys mesh so well in so many different ways that we were we were getting looks with Bacchus in the fir- in the first line back in the playoffs. Uh, we were getting looks with Wagner, I believe, and just uh, Joakim Nordstrom too, I believe. Just so many different weapons you can throw at teams and to have this flexibility is is unmatched i mean you're you're looking at any line that's out on the ice poses a threat obviously you're it's it's insane watching the top line go but in even the second and third lines you have such playmakers that you know that it's not just you know two minutes where the bruins can't do anything the bruins can still score and they can still play great hockey with the second and third and even fourth liner guys on the ice. Some guys they've recently brought up. Give me a minute. Anders Bjork. They've brought up yep. a couple other guys with really long last names that I don't remember because they've only played in like a game or two. But anyone I've seen brought up for their first or second game has played really well with this team. And I believe Bruce Cassidy's message to them was like, don't worry about messing up. It's your first game. Obviously, we understand that but it doesn't look like they're making mistakes like you'd expect someone in their first hockey game to do. 
they're playing at such a good level that any you know little moves you're making with sending guys down, bringing guys up, it seems to not make a difference with this team. No, and that's and that's what can happen when you have uh, you know a good team and such a such a strong core. I think uh, this would have been well. It was, very early this morning for me, I was actually still up for God knows what reason. I'm incapable of going to bed at a decent hour now, um, and you know couldn't sleep, so I just I had the the broadcast going on my headphones while I laid in bed. And the Bruins have used something like 37 skaters already through what are we 20 28 games? I said, wow. uh, and I I couldn't tell you how that compares to other teams, but the the way the announcers were talking about it, it was. It was a lot and a lot of different looks for a lot of different people. It sounds like a lot. All right. I when, you think, think, when you think about having five guys on the ice, that's all you have, or six technically, uh, 37 over the course of the year does seem like a lot. I mean, uh, you say over the course of the year, over the course of a third of the year. A third of the I mean, year. That's incredible. Me, yes. No, you're The year thus far. The, thus far okay, yeah, we're, no, beating it, we're beating a dead horse now. Yeah. All right, um, we will move forward to the New England Patriots, who, despite just playing one game, like, the day after I recorded a podcast, I still have a million things to talk about. Uh, a tough loss Sunday night to the Texans. I believe the final score was something like 22 to 27. So I'll let you give your thoughts on that. I don't know if, uh, how many thoughts you have about it. I don't know. You probably didn't watch the game, considering it would be Four in the morning kickoff for you, so I don't blame no, you if you didn't catch the no, game. You, no, you're not great at math. It was only 2.30, but yes, I did, I wow. did not watch the game. Yeah, no, this is, wow. Uh, 22 to 28. 22 to 28. All right, well, well I've well, numbers don't, just the numbers aren't doing well for me today. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, get, I'll give my brief thoughts here from what I've seen on, I guess this isn't going to sound great, what I've seen on social media and uh, the, the plays that I've seen. You know, at the end of the day, it was a one-score game. All it ta- all it takes is you know one more throw goes correctly or whatever, and it's it's a tie game. It's even a we win by one if our kicker could uh, hit an extra point. Yeah, that's. Uh, did he miss an extra point this, yes. or he missed the field goal? Uh, he might have missed just about every kick. I he I know he at least missed an extra point because they they dropped they waved him the day after the game. Yeah, I I joke Whoever watching the game up. with my friends like a kicker misses. I'm like, oh, there goes his job with the Patriots, and then the next day gets dropped. I mean, it's... seriously. Um, but but going back to what I said, you know, it's it sounded like the Texans played pretty well. Brady did find the end zone three times. It just just didn't happen to be enough in in this case and. For a defense that is this the most points they've given up all year? No, they gave up more to the Ravens. Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. So the Ravens. second most points they've given up all year. It was the first time that they've allowed, I believe, is three passing touchdowns in a game. So, I mean, I'll I'll let you talk about this mostly because you actually watched the game. So my brief thoughts based on nothing more than than highlights. All right. So, I think this game. I talked a lot about, uh, and I, I keep forgetting if these are in podcasts that have been uploaded or not. Um, I talked a lot about the Patriots need to get more scoring support, which they're not getting right now. And I think as incredible as the defense is, you can't expect them to hold the other team to seven points, 10 points, three points like they have early in the season. And I think going forward, you're going to see these high caliber teams like the Ravens, like the Texans moving forward. Uh, at least in the playoffs, the rest of our schedule is mostly a joke, except for the Chiefs. But 
I think you need to be scoring the ball more, and it just seems like the end zone is one yard, one yard deep for this team. It just seems like they cannot get the ball in. I don't know what it is. I mean, the run game hasn't been strong. Sony Michelle hasn't found the end zone in five or six weeks. I mean, they just, it doesn't seem like they're running the ball when they get it close to the end zone. It seems like the passing just it gets broken up. Someone's not open. Brady throws it away. He's under pressure. Whatever it is, scoring's been a really big issue. And it's, I mean, scoring 22 points isn't terrible, but like you said in this game, it just isn't enough. So I think that finding the end zone is going to be a big thing moving forward. What I really got excited about towards the end of this game, uh, and one of the only few things I was more excited about, was a, seeing a lot of James White. He's someone that I think has really been backburnered last season and into the beginning and middle of this season. I don't think we've been using James White a lot through the ground or through the air, and he proved to be a great target. I mean, he had two touchdowns, uh, I believe one on the ground, one through the air. No, they must have both been through the air because Brady had three touchdowns. Three, yep. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he had a combined almost 100 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns, and that's a guy that we've neglected almost all the way through the year where we've been struggling with offense the almost the entire season. So James White coming back I think is going to be a big thing. I'd like to see him play a little bit bigger role whether it's through the air, on the ground, whatever it is, I think he's a really important piece of this team that's been overlooked recently. I mean, Julian Edelman continues to play incredibly. I, I can't speak more on that. I mean, with such shoes to fill, he's done a great job. I mean, he's the go-to guy on third down. He somehow still, the ball gets to him. Despite, I mean, every team should know on third down, Brady is looking for Edelman. There's Brady's no- looking for Edelman on every down. I mean, yeah. It's, and it's, it's a wonder teams have not shut him down yet. And you got to know that's the only, like, elite, that's the only elite weapon Brady has at this point in, on offense. On offense. And I, I agree with that. But I mean, on defense, but. <laughs> I think you need to see a little bit bigger role from guys like Mohamed Sanu, like Jacoby Myers, uh, like Nikhil Harry. I think it, that just comes with time. And obviously, yeah, that that's exactly what I was trying to hammer home in the uh, the episode that got deleted. The forgotten. Or, sorry, my my solo episode. I guess it will come to be named <laughs> the lost episode. As, as far as uh, as far as recording is concerned, but uh, I said it's just going to take some time. Brady, you know, he's he built up years of trust with guys like Rob Gronkowski, Wes Welker, uh, Julian Edelman. So these guys are brand new to the roster this year. It's just going to take some time. Yeah, I think uh, Philip Dorsett's not brand new, but Sanu and uh, Nikhil Harry. Yeah, and I, I think this is one of the years where you've seen like the biggest turnover in terms of like receivers. I mean, if you think back in recent years, we lost Danny Amendola one year. We lost Chris Hogan. Do we lose Chris Hogan this past offseason? I believe so. Was no. he part of the Super Bowl win last year I don't remember I don't remember and I feel really awful because of that uh but I well mean, he wouldn't have been a big part we only scored one touchdown obviously on the ground, I mean we it? lost Rob Gronkowski who's arguably one of the best two tight ends to ever play football and he had a I would say brief career in terms of his age obviously he took one hell of a beating over those I believe it was 11 years he was in the league but 
man, could he do incredible things for this football team. And it's clear we're missing him. And, oh, no, the deadline to get Gronk back is passed. And it's okay because he's never going to come play football for this team again. And this is something that I will not go on about because I, I can but won't. Uh, Gronk's not coming back to play football for this team. And Are you with, sure? Do you want do you want 60 seconds it. right now and then you're done forever? What? Do you want 60 seconds right now to talk about Gronk? No. No, no? Okay. I just, he's not coming back. All right, I've cool, come move to on. terms with that. That's that. <laughs> but I think you uh, have... Not to, I don't, I don't want to make excuses here, but we do need to talk about the fact that literally half the roster had the flu or whatever on Thursday. So you got to be thinking a couple of guys, more than a couple of guys, not quite at 100%. Yeah, I mean... It was kind of crazy when that news came out that the Patriots took two separate planes. I mean, it's kind of a flex on the Patriots part. That's kind of sick. But, like, it's crazy <laughs> that I was watching. I always watch 1 o'clock. My butt is in a chair watching the NFL, and I don't stop until the Sunday game is over for Sunday. That's my Sunday plan every single week. And so as we got Sounds through, nice. it gets to, like, the 4 o'clock games. And it has the the scroller on the bottom for the New England uh, New England-Houston game. And it has, like, the... Uh, inactives, the questionables, like the outs, whatever. And just for questionable, I swear to God, half the Patriots roster scrolled across my screen. Illness, 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 illness. Like, it was incredible. I mean, I think a lot of people did play, which was really good. I think good a lot of people, yeah. Because I didn't up. notice any big names being absent from the game. But, but my to my point, there, if you were questionable three hours before the game, you're definitely not at 100%. No, not at all. And I mean, I don't think that the illness is the difference between winning and losing this game. I really don't. Oh, think no, it is. I don't. I don't. Think but it I is. do think it is one of those things that you just have to like. You have to think about: Does this game look at least a little bit different if if everyone's at a hundred percent? And if everyone, if everyone, I mean, I don't know who actually set out, but if everyone was there. Yeah. All right. So moving forward, I do want to quickly ask you because I've thought this is one of the things I've thought a lot about. Is this a bigger loss for the Patriots or a bigger win for the Texans who now, because of this win, uh, are ahead by one game in the AFC South, which is actually a very close, deceivingly close division? That's with the Titans, right? Yeah, so it's, I'll read these out for you. So we have Texans atop the AFC South at 8-4, and four, Titans at 7-5, and five, Colts at 6-6. Six and six. Okay, Colts aren't making the playoffs. You heard it here first. Yeah, well, let's go back to my uh, regular season predictions. I had them winning the AFC South, so. <laughs> For a man who um, bet money on Jacoby Brissett this weekend. I did. I also bet money on Nick Foles. So for those of you that watched any sort of football on Sunday, you know both of those didn't go great for me. <laughs> you know that we shouldn't be allowed to spend money watching sports. They absolutely should. I can't wait to get back to the U.S. That's a whole different issue, though. Uh, um, we'll have, well, we will integrate that very heavily when the time comes. Guys, I don't have a lot of money to gamble, but I will use what little money I do have. Don't right. tell my parents. Uh, no, I don't even need to think about it. this. is a bigger win for the Texans. I think, yes, the Patriots, let's, let's, let's look at the facts. Patriots are out as the first seed right now. They're still tied with the Ravens, but the Ravens get the, the head-to-head tiebreaker, obviously. Uh, so we're sitting at second seed in the AFC. That's still a first-round bye. The only thing we lose there is if we play the Ravens. It'll be in Baltimore. Bummer, but we'll cross that bridge if and when we come to it. Second fact, the Bills are now one game behind us. Is that true? 
I believe two. I think there's still two. Still two? Can you double check that for me? Uh, they are one. You're you're correct. One stands there. No, one game. See, I know. I know my no. stuff. I, I just couldn't believe that the Buffalo yeah. Bills are having James a good hijacks the Patriots yeah. segment, but who really knows the football stuff? Your boy over here. Um, Glad you know about but... the rest of the league and nothing about the team that we both support. <laughs> yeah, who's our tight end now? Who, I don't. I, I, I actually don't know. <laughs> Benjamin Watson. I don't know. That's yeah. Um, but all jokes aside, no. This is uh, this is a big win for the Texans, uh, who I think. I don't want to say a shaky season, but I I heard like not rumors, but it, I was getting the gist that they weren't all that. They just got lucky a couple times, maybe to be above five hundred or scraped out a few tough wins. Uh, so if they and if this late in the season, if you can cement yourself by a game or two above your division, I mean Patriots haven't had to deal with this in years, obviously. But in such a close race, I don't know what the Texans' schedule looks like for the rest of the year, but. Definitely, in terms of a confidence boost and you know gaining that that foothold in your own division, uh, is is a bigger deal for the for the Patriots losing their second game of the year. Yeah, I mean, I think you make a great point. It's a lot easier to play out in front like that once you have that game. You're not work like every game. If we lose this, you know, the divisions in question kind of thing. Uh, and you brought up a good point with the Ravens. Uh, now being in first, so looking, I do want to kind of dive into this for a second. The Ravens looking ahead finish their uh, their season against the, uh, and this is just in order: Bills, Jets, Browns, Steelers. So, looking at, it, I mean, really the games that I feel like are loss opportunities for the Ravens are the Bills and maybe the Steelers, which is believes me blows me away. I to think say that. the Bra- I think the Browns could be a sneaky loss there. I see the the thing is the Browns did beat the Ravens and that's the game they lost by the most. They lost the Browns forty to twenty five. Hey, okay, I know Granted, my stuff. The next week the Ravens beat the Steelers twenty six to twenty three in overtime. This week, okay, they so they've the- got they've got two teams coming up that have given them a challenge. The Bills are no joke either. That Bills defense, uh, and I don't know how they are this good this year, honestly. Uh, but they got rid I think, of the best think, quarterback in history, Nathan Peterman. So it's really I, I know unbelievable. The fact how that they've we turned haven't around. seen Nathan Peterman this year on the football field is the biggest disappointment of the year, and that's from we were looking to go sixteen and zero, and then Dolphins go zero and sixteen. Nathan Peterman not playing bigger disappointment than that. Uh, yeah, can we run through the can we run through the Bills schedule real quick? Actually, I will do that right now. If you want to talk for like twenty more seconds. Okay, fine, I'll fill. But uh, I think, so I said Bills could, I think Bills will be their biggest challenge. Watch Lamar Jackson prove me wrong with his with his insane run game because, I mean, things, uh, thing we say on here all the time, credit where credit is due, and he's definitely earned that. But, no, I mean, it's, it's funny when as elite as the Ravens are so good, and they could go four and zero in the rest of the games, or they could go one and three in the rest of the games. I do not see them losing to the Jets at all. The Jets literally just lost to Cincinnati, which was Cincinnati's first win all year. Yep. Also, so that do you, do you have the, the Bills uh, schedule because I have it pulled up now. If you no, I uh, don't. I do not have it. So go for it. Okay. So they finish the season once against the Ravens next week, and then the Bills finish on Steelers, Patriots, Jets. So they literally played the almost the same teams uh, minus the Patriots as the Ravens do to finish out their season. Yeah, and I mean, to, to be thorough, we have Chiefs, Bengals, Bills, Dolphins. Uh, 
Chiefs going to be a challenge, no doubt about it. It is at Gillette. We have that going for us. Chiefs haven't looked as elite as they looked last year, as un, uh, kind of unbeatable, unbeatable, if you will, as they, yep. as they looked last year. Still, obviously, uh, incredible. Mahomes doing Mahomes doing Mahomes things, uh, and the weapons they have on that team. Going to be a tough game. Uh, the fact that we're in Gillette does give me some comfort. The Bengals, I'm not even going to talk about that. No. Bills, they gave us a hard time. The the first game, correct? If I'm, yeah, if I'm not I believe wrong. this other coming, the the Bills game will also Six, be in July. Sixteen to sixteen to ten. Yep. Uh, Dolphins again, not not much of a no, of a threat too, there. So we're worried. looking at. I think at worst case scenario, the Patriots go two and two. They finish the year fourteen and four. By Matt, nope. Yep. 12 and 4? 12 and 4. 12 and 4, yeah. And they Numbers don't play are 18 games. Uh, is, wow. Is, and it comes down, is is 12 and 4 good enough to win the AFC East? I think that's a pretty obvious answer. I mean, that I think has... yes. That means th- that we lose two games and the Bills win out, I believe, correct? Yes, because they'd have to go 13. 12 and 4. Yeah, thir- they'd have to go 13 yeah. and 3. And uh, the Bills have the Raven. What did you say? Ravens, Steelers. Ravens, Steelers, yeah, Dolphins. Patriots. Patriots, of course. Jets. So yeah. Patriots. I mean, Jets. so no, no gimmies. No guarantees. Whereas, except for may- maybe the Jets, but as as bad as the AFC East is, like even the Patriots have struggled at times against you know the Dolphins and whoever. So yeah. Is there any other teams we want to touch on? I mean, the NFC is a whole mess that I don't even really want to get into. Uh, I know that. How the, are the, the how Saints are the Cowboys have ahead of the clinched Rams? the North? Yes, they're uh, the only ones because who have that or for me the NFC South. My forgive me, the NFC South because because no, you know New Orleans is in the North. everyone's so trash. I mean, the Rams just fell apart. But the the well, did you say why are the Cowboys ahead of the Rams? Yes, I did. It's Sorry, because you need one from, because you need one from each division. Yeah, but talk about the <laughs> NFC East, where the best team in the NFC East right now is six and six. I mean, wow! I, <laughs> Wait, just, what is that division? It's Cowboys, Cowboys, Eagles, Redskins, Giants, and it is an all-time just okay. Redskins and Giants are technically uh, the Giants are out. The Redskins not technically out, but is the second the Eagles or the Cowboys win win a game, they'll be eliminated. Is my guess. What's uh? Let's look at the let's look at the Eagles versus the Cowboys. We pull up the Cowboys schedule, and I'll pull up the Eagles schedule. Sure. Uh, just to be thorough here, this is, this is kind of fun diving into uh, the the potential playoffs, and we can do an even bigger rundown of this once we uh, oh, we'll have we will have a very in depth break. Okay, so the Eagles have Giants, Redskins, Cowboys, Giants. Jeez. Okay, the so, cow- the Cowboys have Bears, Rams, Eagles, Redskins. So like three games that the Cowboys could just piss away yeah, because they're the that, Cowboys. Uh, Hold on, can you say that in order again? Sorry. Bears, Rams, Bears. Eagles, Redskins. That week 16 matchup between the Cowboys and the Eagles might decide it. I mean, that, yeah, that's really if it is, If it isn't already decided. Yeah, that I mean, even who knows? The Cowboys-Redskins game in week 17 could do it for all we know. I mean, with <laughs> yes. the way this division is shaped up. But just speaking of garbage in a division, Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, the replacement that we all got excited about for one week because he won a football game and apparently that's rare in the giants organization uh well, we all it got is. they've only about. got two of those that's fair uh <laughs> but he's very questionable 
looking like doubtful for I believe they're on the Monday nighter this week, which that would be a real. No, I, I think Eli was already confirmed as was he Mr. already confirmed. I only saw rumors of it today on Twitter, but Eli Manning might be coming back and suiting up, and I can only hope the game goes horribly not in his favor, and he loses, and he loses his job, and never plays an NFL game again. Uh, these are also saying very likely, so nothing confirmed yet. It looks like I was I was mistaken. Uh, let me just say the fact that he's coming back. Thank God the Giants are already eliminated from the playoffs. We do not need another no, one of those we situations. We don't need playoff Eli. That's the farthest thing from what we need right now. We just need to get to the playoffs, figure um, it all out. Aside from from that Titans and uh, who else is in the Titans? Titans Texans. Yeah. That division right there, what, uh, what is that, AFC? Uh, AFC South. West. South. Yep. South, There's, right. Yeah, you're going to make fun of me for not knowing where yeah. teams are. Okay. Geography. Goes both ways. Uh, aside from that, I'd say we're, we're pretty much locked in on the other the other teams. Who's in the Steelers division? The Raiders? No. <laughs> uh, I so don't know. The, that I... the Steelers division is the North, so it's Ravens, Steelers, Browns, Bengals. So uh, okay, one thing so... I think, and we didn't talk about, and I'll quickly bring this up, I think the Browns treat their game with the Ravens like that's their playoff match. Like you treat that as your your Super Bowl for the year. You're all in. You're all in. That's the game that you need to win. I think if the Browns go two and zero against the Ravens in a season where the Ravens have used the word unbeatable for the Chiefs last year, and I think it the Ravens look unbeatable right now. The Ravens have taken down every top team in the in the uh, NFL, besides minus with the exception of the Saints because they haven't played them. Correct. Uh, I believe you are correct in saying that. But I mean, they've won eight straight. They look. I mean, they need the what we I would call the Patriots reality check, where you need someone to just knock you off that high a little bit to understand that your team is beatable and kind of humanize it again. And I honestly don't know if they're going to get that, and I don't know how that affects them going to playoffs. In one way, I think that can just ruin them. They get way overconfident going into playoffs. But I think at the same time, you can also just have a team that's so rallied behind young, incredible talent playing unlike any football team has ever seen before. And the Ravens are a dangerous team heading forward, I believe. Yeah, I'm just going to pose one last scenario here uh, because we have rambled on for teams that are not Patriots for far far too long here. Uh, Did Lamar see playoff time last year? I don't remember. He played in one game and he played so horribly that everyone said that he was just a running back and shouldn't even play quarterback anymore okay and that was his only playoff that's his only playoff experience right yeah and he took that and crammed it down just about everyone's throats in the meantime so far so so all i'm saying is if they don't get what you just called the patriots reality check where they take a you know a loss that maybe they shouldn't have over the next weeks uh that that first playoff matchup with whoever it may be it's gonna be it's gonna gonna be be the worst team out of as it stands so right long, now, it's going to be the worst team out of the wildcard teams. and the So two. I'd say as long as it's not the Bills, you have three teams there that are very accustomed to playoff football and could be so they're not going to play uh, as it stands now. They would not play the Texans. That wouldn't be possible because they can't be the lowest remaining seed. But you're talking about either as of right now playing the Steelers, the Chiefs in the second round, and obviously this is all subject to change. Uh, two teams, very, like I said, very accustomed to playoff football. And going to be very hard to beat, regardless of how well they finish out the season or how poorly they finish out the season. I mean, yeah, you have the Chiefs, who is one of the two teams that's handed the Ravens a loss, and the Steelers, who pushed a game to OT. So it's two teams that you're completely right in saying that, like, they can give the Ravens a run for their money. 
and I see the Ravens heading into the Super Bowl as the favorites. It's funny because the NFC is almost not talked about at this point. It's incredible just how dominant the AFC has been that no one's talking about what really talking about what the 49ers doing, what the Seahawks are doing, what the Saints are doing. It's it's crazy. But I think that we've talked at length about just about everything in the football world. Yeah, watch everything uh, just go down the drain. We All our predictions are wrong this week. Everything gets messed up. I mean, we could be looking at a scenario where, like, the Titans are in the playoffs, like, in the playoffs this next week, you know? Like, yeah, it doesn't it's, matter. I mean, any, Actually, it's, I don't it's, know if that's possible. But. It's getting to that really exciting point in the season where games mean a whole lot more than they did a couple weeks ago. Where, like, this is the time where either you write the ship and you make it to the playoffs or you don't. Or, you know, you have to stay in the lead and keep running with it. I mean, that's where the Patriots are at right now. The Patriots need to win. I mean, say they lose this week, the Bills win, we're tied, we have the head-to-head, but that second game against Buffalo, I mean, that becomes a much more defining game. So, it's to that point where, like, a lot of things are happening. A lot of, you find out who's eliminated from playoff contention, who's clinched divisions, whereas the AFC, I don't know that divisions are going to be clinched until very, very late, but, I mean... Can the Ravens not clinch this week? If they, they win and to. the Steelers lose, I believe they can. Yeah, that would make sense. Anyway, we have we have taken up way too much of your time. Yeah, that's pretty much... We looked at the top teams there. A lot of teams are going to be eliminated, uh, I think, this week. Uh, after, after, the, after football this week, I don't know what I'm even saying anymore. And we're actually going to close the show down here. Lucky for you guys, uh, James recorded that last episode literally three days ago, and... Nothing has happened since then in our personal lives. You don't, we don't have to bore you with uh, some mediocre stories. So we are just going to close the show down from here. Uh, take it away, James. Yeah, so uh, you get spared. Maybe you get spared. Maybe you actually enjoy us talking about our lives. Probably not, if I had to guess. Uh, but you get spared just having to listen to us ramble about things that we think are funny. That might be funny to you. Who knows? Uh, we're just going to close it down old school. So thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. If you did enjoy it, be sure to give it a rating, a review, whatever it is on whatever platform you are listening on. Let us know what you think of this show, what we could be doing better, what we should add, what we should take away. Maybe we should take away both of us and just replace us with different hosts that are actually good at knowing sports. Who knows? We- we can make that happen for you guys. But let us know uh, what you guys think we, you know, what you like about the show, what we could be doing better, all that kind of stuff. Thank you just so much again for supporting us. We've had a rough time getting this show out. So hopefully this episode exists uh, and everything goes right with uploading it. If you do want to follow us on social media, we got Instagram, Brady Bros Boston. We got YouTube, Brady Bros Boston. James and I have been talking about some stuff. We, we got plans, guys. And I know I feel like we always say this. There are legitimate plans coming soon. It just these things take time. Twitter's I am at Brady Bros. Nick James is at James B underscore Boston. We are both using Twitter. Uh, I say a fair, fairly decent amount. Yeah, I've it's probably spent in like a lot more of my time on Twitter than I would have liked to, but I do it, uh, and it's actually really fun. There's a lot of fun stuff that goes on on Twitter. A lot of things to talk about and. Uh, it's just a way to voice your opinion without anyone giving you really much of a reality check when you only have seven followers. So, you know, we have a good time. Hey, 
I have 20 followers. You have 20 followers? <laughs> Please follow cool. me at James B underscore Boston. I'm pretty sure is what he said because I still don't know my own Twitter handle. Uh, it's literally in the document still. I refuse to scroll down that far. I'm all the way at the bottom. I know. And I still won't do it. Thank you guys again for listening. We will be back hopefully at a more, uh, what do I want to say, speedy? No, that's not the correct word. Uh, Be back to our regularly scheduled programming, hopefully, in the next week or so. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you.